Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, speculation about a trailer you've probably seen by now. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including Nintendo's recent acquisition of Next Level Games, and then on Thursday, we are casting the Lord of the Rings trilogy with Nintendo characters. But Mark, in the meantime, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. I uh, am really excited for Thursday. I'm not going to lie. I am I, uh, any opportunity to nerd out like that, just go full mm -hmm. nerd. Cause I know listeners of the show, it might surprise you, but generally we're probably only going half nerd. And so the opportunity yeah, right. to go full nerd is, um, uh, like I enjoy it. Well, and sometimes like, sometimes the nerdery is like cut by something where it's like, well, that's nerdy, but it's also very popular or like that's nerdy, <laughs> but it's also musical. So it's maybe like it's a different kind of, you know what I mean? I do. Uh, but I this, do know what you mean. This is just nerd cross nerd. This is nerd squared, baby. Uh, I'm very excited about it. And yeah, was I a little bit embarrassed when I started to say it out loud? Like, yes, of course. Yes, I was. <laughs> but it's going to be a good episode, Mark. I'm, I'm, I'm very I'm very excited about it. How how you been? How you, everything good in in Mark's world right now? Yeah, everything everything is going okay. Um, I'm counting down the days uh, to a number of things, but one of them, of course, being WandaVision releasing on uh, Disney Plus. Are we going too f nerdy, too much at the top? Uh, geez, I don't know. I don't think anyone tunes into a Nintendo podcast to hear two dudes talk about nerdy stuff, right? <laughs> No, I'm very excited about WandaVision. Two episodes dropping on Friday. I'm very, very excited about that. Uh, here's something else that you might be excited about, I guess. My copy of Sonic Forces. Would you like to borrow it? You can or you can try at any rate. Um, you just got to email us at NintendoCartridgeSociety at, at gmail.com gmail and give us a mailing address. Then I take my copy of this video game, put it in the mail, and send it to you. This is for the Nintendo Switch. You play it for as long as you want. You send it back. I pay for postage both ways. It is the perfect borrowing program with the following wrinkle. You might get the goose. You might get the goose. There's also a copy of Untitled Goose Game that is going out on loans. You do not get to request one over the other. You get what you get. The goose is traveling in a Sonic Forces box uh, just for ultimate goosiness. Um, so uh, apologies, but also hashtag not sorry. Is that that's how that phrase works, right? That is how apologies, that phrase works. <laughs> apologies, but hashtag not sorry. Whew, Mark, we've got another thing happening. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it is soon going to be our four hundred and thirty third episode. Wow, four hundred and thirty three of these episodes, and Mark, that number holds a special uh, meaning for us. Uh, because on every other episode of this show, we do, of course, a segment called 433, where for four minutes and 33 seconds or thereabouts, we talk about something that is not Nintendo related. Um, and we'll do one of them <laughs> later in this episode. And we've done many of them before. Anyway, uh, we're going to do a whole episode of 433s, but we need your suggestions. Mark, what are we going to talk about? That 
we can talk about anything as long as it is not Nintendo related. Otherwise, we're not fulfilling the contract of the piece. Right. And look, there are uh, areas of our expertise that we have teased before that we have hinted at. Um, but I would rather be tested by you, the listener. You should email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com and give us suggestions for 433 segments for our 433 433rd episode spectacular um because uh we we need we need we need you to blindside us on this otherwise look we're just going to talk about lord of the rings and wandavision and we're going to do that anyway <laughs> um so we need those suggestions by the end of the day on tuesday february 9th gets a little bit into the next wednesday that's okay uh but just get them to us as soon as you can we need topics from you um Mark, are there any topics you want people not to have us discuss? I we, we didn't we didn't talk about this. We didn't we didn't talk about this. I think the floor is open. Because here's the yeah. great thing is that uh, we'll be able to like sift through them once they arrive. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, it's always going to be a family friendly show. <laughs> um, all right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing. Now, Mark, you sent me a text this weekend uh, and said, reminder, there is a Tetris Maximus Cup happening right now. I think it's a new theme. And I was like, what? Reminder? I don't remember <laughs> us talking about this. Did we? Did we talk about it? No, we didn't talk about it. But Because uh, I think it was announced after we had recorded our episode. And then I was reading about it. I set a reminder on my phone to remind me on Smart. Saturday that it was happening. So when I got the reminder, I was like, let me pay it forward like Haley Joel Osment, but without the stabbing. Right, right, right. And, uh, ooh, and Kevin Spacey, too. <laughs> yeah. And Helen so Hunt, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, d did you participate in the Kirby Fighters 2 Tetris Maximus Cup? I did, yeah. I got the 100 points, um, like always, when I jump into Tetris 99 for a Maximus Cup. There, I'm, like, really rusty at the beginning, and Clement's, like... My husband's like sitting on the couch being like, right. oh, like, you know, oh, uh, oh, like, oh. But then by the end, I finally like muscle it out. Um, I, did you play it? I really like this theme. I thought the music was awesome. Yeah, the music is, I did play this theme. Um, it also took me uh, like a, a little while to uh, get to the 100 points. Um, it was one of these things where I had like 85 or like 90 points and then my next game was a win so you know it's it you uh, knock that uh you just get 100 points from just winning a game um and i was already so close to just like knocking it down uh, point by point um but then like really blew it away but yeah the 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 theme like it is visually it's easy to recognize all the pieces um sometimes uh i find that some of the themes make it kind of hard to recognize all, all, all the pieces. And that all of the um, music is good, um, appropriately, like, exciting and Kirby-y. Mm. Um, it doesn't make me want to check out Kirby Fighters 2. Nope. Um, but it just it engenders good spirits for, uh, towards things Kirby. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also, I picked it up a few weeks ago, but I finally started Sheer in the Wanderer um, for Switch, the subtitles, The Tower of Fortune and The Dice of Fate. It is so. It was originally a Vita game that uh, was recently ported to Switch, and it uh, has like that 16-bit RPG feel um, Ooh, with like yeah. the music and everything. So I'm really digging it. But I'm also just doing the tutorials. The tutorial. There are so many. There are a lot of systems in the game, and it's been a long time yeah. since I've played Sheer and the Wanderer. Uh, the first and only one I've ever played was on the Nintendo DS. 
And so the, uh, this game is, as I guess, hard. Like I, I was Googling, bef- it's a, it's a <laughs> roguelike. So I was like Googling yeah. beforehand, like tips for beginners for Sheer and the Wander. And most of the tips were like, do the tutorial. And so the tutorials are probably like two hours worth of them, but I'm slowly oh, chipping away before I like make my first run at the dungeon. But I'm feeling like good. I'm leveling up a little bit. I'm getting some items. I'm feeling like confident in understanding the basics of the systems, which I think will do me good later. Yeah, you're laying the groundwork. Yes, exactly. And then I also downloaded the um, Monster Hunter Rise demo that was released last week. Uh, there was actually like a whole like Monster Hunter Rise um, like direct or presentation, which we're not going to talk about in news later because I've never played any of the Monster Hunter games. So it doesn't mean anything to me. Um, yeah, but the demo's out and uh, I haven't played it yet, but I think it's only good for a couple of weeks. So need to give it a shot soon. Yeah, um, I am in the same boat, except I haven't downloaded it yet. It's just on my, like, uh, you know, the mental list of uh, demos I intend to download and play. Um, I, I, again, like, Monster Hunter is not, like, like you said, it's not really a franchise that I have been into um, uh, in, in the past. But, like, you know, I want to give this one at least, uh, at least the demo a try. Totally. Um, uh, just because, you know, it's a big game coming to Switch and, and just to Switch. So um you know might be worth uh our our attention i saw a lot of um chatter right after the demo launched that the um multiplayer part of it is uh framey and laggy and uh kind of a mess um so that bums me out a little bit but um especially because the monster hunter games are like sort of their their pedigree is in like people gathering together with their um you know sony psps or their vitas or whatever so- um and like playing together so I saw something that uh, I think we're talking about compete like uh, both of us have experienced this only through headlines that we've read. But um, I saw something. So this is quality content right here. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw something that like it was maybe based on like the number of uh, like friends you have on your uh, like friends list on Switch for whatever reason that like people who had more friends it was laggier for than people who like had shorter friends lists. And so maybe it's something that could be like fixed. Maybe uh, there's still a, like a couple of months till the gum- game comes out. So um, it'll be. I mean, Mark, if if you're suggesting that all I need to do is purge my <laughs> nearly full friends list in order to play Monster Hunter Rise, um, I know that I will never do that. I will. I will always keep all. A friend of, is if a you friend. want to friend us, if you want to friend us, our our friend codes are in the description of every episode. We accept all friend requests. Although I believe the maximum is 200 friends, and I, I know I am approaching that. I assume that you are too, Mark. Is that true? I feel like we, we also told ourselves that it was 99 friends, and that turned out to not be true. Uh, well, I mean, we'll, look, either we will find out when we hit the <laughs> limit and don't get any more, or when we, try, when we get like a backlog of friend requests that we can't fulfill. Um, Let's explore the upper limits of this together. Uh, friend us on Switch. Yes. Oh, I have one more thing uh, that I wanted to talk about, even though I didn't play it, but it was part of uh, GDQ that ended last week. Um, it was brought to my attention by an article in Kotaku talking about just like, wow, like uh, after like a really crappy day, um, this speed run like really brought, like helped me a lot. So I, I sought it out. It is a speedrun of a game called, it's not even really a speedrun, but it's a game called Mr. Bones. And it was run by a runner called named Liz Star. And um, this game is like a Sega Saturn game. 
uh, uh-huh. and it is about a skeleton who is brought back from the dead, and he's a blues guitar playing skeleton. Um, and like the cutscenes are amazing. It's like an uh, it's about an hour long t- uh, run, and I recommend everybody watch it. It is uh, it's very soothing for the soul. It's just so funny. I can't believe that it's a game that exists. Mr. Bones. Uh, that's so good. The the only other uh like bit of um oh shoot, it was it a, a, a just games done quick GDQ? It, oh, it was an AGDQ, like awesome games AGDQ, done quick. Awesome games done done quick. Um uh the only thing that uh I, I saw um related to it was Imran Khan pointing out um that this is the only uh AGDQ where uh Super Mario thirty five uh is a game that can be played. Um, because oh, the next yeah. time it rolls around, oh, the that's game will be taken point. off the service. I, wanted to, I, wanted, I need to check out that run. I forgot it was happening. I did try to watch a, the Hades run because um, I haven't played Hades. So I was like, what is this game all about? Obviously, speedrun, not a good representation of what this game is about. No, like, definitely not. Uh, it, I think if I had played the game, I would appreciate what was going on. But because I hadn't experienced it, like it was all just like it didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I've seen uh, like Hades speedruns that are like new save um so the just like going and you know beating one run uh without having any of the like previous uh like times or uh, attempts because like you know you're leveling up your character as you go and you're like broadening those relationships and stuff um but like your first time through the game is very different um and they even have like separate pieces of dialogue for um like when you reach hades if you reach him on your very first try because he normally refers to like the number of times you've died trying to reach him, uh, but if you reach him on the very first try, he's got like a different. The game is so good at that of having like context sensitive, uh, di- different little um, dialogue options. But uh, yeah, it, it it seems like a total for most of these things, it's a totally unnatural way to play the game. Yeah, this was like a three weapon run, which I uh, they I think they had completed okay. the game like they I think they had maxed out or had like they had done a bunch. They had like completed it a bunch like. It wasn't a um, first run, but still, it didn't. Interesting. It, it it was just lots of fighting and r- really quickly, and so it didn't. It wasn't because I had, was not familiar with it. It didn't like really right. grab me. Um, Mark, I've also been playing Final Fantasy three slash Final Fantasy six um, on the Super NES Classic Edition. Uh, look, I just got it into my head. I was thinking about Final Fantasy. I was thinking about some of the characters, um, and I was like, you know what? I I know that I started a uh, a play n- not even really a playthrough but like I turned that game on when I got the uh the Super NES Classic just to like remind myself of how beautiful and uh wonderful that game is both visually and uh in terms of the music. Um and I was like, you know what? I I just want to go back to it. You know, maybe I was seeking out a normal nostalgic comfort uh this weekend and I found it in Final Fantasy 3. Um, I have now played through the part where uh, the characters get separated and you have to play three separate scenarios in whatever order you want. And now everyone's heading back to Narsh. Um, I'm, I just, it, the, the, uh, the game is so beautiful and so fun and I'm uh, just so happy to be playing it again. That's awesome. You're playing it on the uh, Super NES Classic? Yeah, I don't really know where else it is available right now. Like there might be a mobile version of it or, or something like that. Um, but with the original uh, like 16-bit sprites, um, and you know, I I don't really know where else you can play it but on Super Nintendo or the Super NES Classic Edition, because um, it's not on uh, like the SNES Switch Online um, and any of the um, 
it is not among the other Final Fantasy games that Square Enix has been uh, re-releasing on all other platforms. Like they're kind of just like seven and up at the at this point, um, which seems crazy to me. Like release six, five, four, Chrono Trigger. Where are these games? Yeah, I like especially like Chrono Trigger. Like that one is really surprising. But I mean, like yeah, like all the um, Final Fantasy games too. Do you know it's funny that you brought playing that on the uh, SNES Classic Edition up only because. Uh, I remembered for whatever reason the in this last week that um, Super Mario RPG is on the uh, Classic Edition as well and like not really available on the Switch Online or anywhere else that's successful to me. And it's like, yep. I haven't played that game for so long. Um, that would be a fun one to dig into too. And Earthbound uh, is another one that yeah. is in that exact same boat. It is bizarre to me that there are so many good uh, a, a good Super Nintendo RPGs on the SNES Classic Edition that you just can't access anywhere else. Secret of Mana is on there as well. Um, <laughs> though I guess the uh, uh, Second Densetsu collection is available on like everything now. So that one doesn't count. I throw out my own objection. <laughs> um, all right, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. So on January 14th, which is Thursday, a game that has been uh, long requested is being released uh, physically and on the Switch eShop. Although I think the physical edition might be from Limited Run Games, so I don't know like I think you're right, how yeah. available it's going to be. But it is Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, the game, the complete edition. This is a game that was pu originally published by Ubisoft um, back in 2000 seven maybe uh whenever On the playstation the, three yeah. yeah whenever the scott pilgrim versus the world movie came out um it it's a side scroller beat em up that uses you know kind of like uh pixelated graphics as a i know it mostly from the soundtrack by on Anamanaguchi um that i was actually listening to to, to a little bit today while i was working and it's an incredible soundtrack it is it is i think Anamanaguchi's best best work like if you're gonna put on an Anamanaguchi uh record put on the scott pilgrim versus the world soundtrack it slaps it's so good yeah it has like that 8-bit um like nes sound mixed with like rock music it's yeah a lot of fun mm -hmm. um have you ever played this game i've never played this game so i don't know like really anything about it other than by reputation uh, i am a big fan of this game um i i really really like it and was one of the um, bigger bummers about uh, switching from the PlayStation 3 to the PlayStation 4 is that there was no PlayStation 4 version of this game. Uh, there will be on Thursday. Um, but uh, yeah, it, you know, it is a, a, a game that also then got like delisted from the uh, PlayStation 3 store. So like it was just gone for a long time. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited to have it back. Uh, it seems as though there is a non-local multiplayer um, which is awesome uh, online multiplayer. The original game only supported um, couch co-op. Um, but if like I can play this game with you or with anyone else, um, I will be very, very happy. It is it, 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 it's great. It, it, it's like a um, uh, like a River City um, game. Uh, I can't remember the name of the, the Japanese name for that series. What is it? like River City Ransom? Yeah, uh, I can't remember the name of it either. Yeah. We're we're not gonna remember it, um. But it's a uh, just just uh just just a super fun game like that, um, and has uh awesome pixel art, 
and uh, a good like leveling up system and the levels are all very like trippy and cool um and like you just start to run into this um like recursive surreal thing of like scott pilgrim is a comic book about like video games and then that became a movie and then all of that became another video game um so like it's so up its own butt in like a lovely uh it's just it's just a, a an awesome homage to um itself in a lot of ways um but yeah it's super super fun and super good also i looked it up i think it's kunio kun does that sound right kunio kun is correct very good mark but yeah that's pretty much it from the eShop. Uh, nothing else on here that really like jumps out to me you didn't want to call out uh, Mahjong Adventure coming out on Tuesday? Or Writhe that's coming out on Friday? Ooh, no thank you. Or Solar Blast also coming out on Friday. All right, uh, those, those are the new releases. Let's close this out. Now it is time for a regular segment on this show. It is time! For 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers did not play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Um, Mark, today's topic is uh, maybe a little bit about Nintendo. Uh, Would you care to introduce it? Yeah, so today, um, Lucasfilm, the company behind, like, Star Wars and Indiana Jones, um, announced that I'm actually kind of a little bit confused exactly what they announced, but they announced that they are bringing back the Lucasfilm Games brand. And that so can can I do? Can I just read the uh, like first two paragraphs of uh, Luke, Luke Plunkett's article from Kotaku? Yeah, please. Uh, it reads: LucasArts is dead, but for some reason, the powers behind the brands have decided that the company's previous name. Lucasfilm Games is something that needs to be resurrected, and so now we'll be on the box and at the end of ev- of trailers for every Star Wars game going forward. The announcement of the brand's return means it is now official. This is in quotes. Now the official identity for all gaming titles from Lucasfilm, a name that encompany- encompasses the company's rich catalog of video games and its eye towards the future. Unquote. <laughs> I just don't know what it means. I mean, I guess if we get a Willow video game in the future, it'll be branded Lucasfilm. Because, I, I mean, I guess what's happening is Lucasfilm is has is somehow acting as like, the or Lucasfilm Games is like somehow acting yeah. as like the producer for these. And so now they're all going to be branded that. Because I guess I have no idea what, um like, uh, you played uh, Fallen Order, right? Or whatever that the Jedi game was that came out last year. Yeah, Star Wars um, Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, did they did it have some sort of like branding? Was it like Disney Interactive? Was it like Star Wars? Like, did it have anything like that? I guess. I, I mean, I think it was just like uh, EA, uh, Respawn Entertainment. I I don't know that it said um like Lucasfilm or uh, Disney anywhere. I mean, I'm sure it said it on there somewhere. Um, but it wasn't like a, a title card, basically. Well, I guess then maybe that's it. Maybe it's they're trying to like, because right now, like Star Wars games are so associated with like EA that I wonder mm. if this is a way to try to like um, brand it in people's minds with like the entity that actually owns it. Well, and and it's also or like the yeah the entity that is like licensing the the IP out, yeah. right? Because like um, they uh, Lucasfilm uh, games released like a sort of sizzle reel trailer. 
that showed a lot of these Star Wars games that are uh, currently out and that people are, are currently playing. Um, and, you know, sort of pointedly, not not all of them are developed by EA, right? Like, there's the Lego Star Wars Skywalker oh, yeah. saga. You know, that's um, whoever, made, <laughs> whoever made that. I don't have to say that. Telltale, right? Me. WB Games? Uh, uh, or TT Games. Yeah, isn't that Telltale? Oh yeah, you're nope. right. You're right. You're, there's right. A, there's a, there's a, there's a, <laughs> you're um, right. But I I understand the confusion. Don't think I don't understand the confusion. Um, yeah. So I I think it is sort of a a way of um uniting the various like game brands that come out under the Star Wars name, but also like uh Lucas Arts has a uh, pedigree beyond um like just Star Wars games. Um, do you think it means that we get like a new Monkey Island game or like? Well, so that's what's. It's funny that the timing of this is interesting, only because I think like last week or two weeks ago, um, Retronauts, the podcast Retronauts, did an episode on uh, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, and they were talking about that uh, the Fate of Atlantis was coming out like right around the transition from because uh, Lucas, uh, Lucas Films games, and then it became Lucas Arts. And apparently, yeah. allegedly, based on what they were saying on uh, Retronauts, is that um, like when it was Lucas Arts or Lucas Films games, that's when like they were making uh, Maniac Mansion, and like apparently that was like the best time to work for the company. And then it became Lucas Arts. It evolved into like something else. So I think they're being very um, uh, particular. I think there's like a reason they went back to the Lucas Films games branding versus like Lucas Arts. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I do think it's interesting and sort of, uh, you know, calling back to the um, Disney Investor Day uh, spectacular thing from uh, a couple weeks ago, um, where, like, uh, coming out of Lucasfilm, um, that there is more than just Star Wars stuff coming out. Um, like, I wonder if uh, Disney is just getting to the point where they're like, okay, um, there is other IP here to, to tap into, like Indiana Jones, like Willow. Um, but also, you know, it, the on the game side, that there are all these other um, ideas and properties and stuff like that to explore that they, you know, can do now that like Star Wars is, uh, you, you know, Star Wars is in the, a little bit of a weird space, but I think we understand it now. Maniac Mansion VR, right? That's what we all want. Yep, we all want Maniac Mansion VR. Uh, w- I would never play that. Would you play that? <laughs> Uh, we were accompanied today by pianist Kyle Shaw. Mark, let's get into the news. And I think we did that whole Lucasfilm Games discussion without once mentioning a Nintendo. Uh, or a Nintendo game? Ooh, I did mention the Lego Skywalker saga. <laughs> it's multi-platform. I let it yeah, pass. You're right. You're right. So uh, let's get this out of the way. This morning, like Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific time, Nintendo debuted a new trailer for Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, which is coming to Switch next month. Since we're recording this on Monday night, we have no idea what it included. Um, no idea. But uh, it'd be cool if it included, apparently it's like a two-minute trailer. Um uh, it'd be cool if it talks more about Bowser's Fury and what that is. I don't know how much we, time we want to spend on speculating on what this trailer that most people will have already seen by the time that they listen to this um, might entail. So it's not speculation so much as uh, just an observation that uh, I realized when they uh, announced this trailer is that, um, you know, they are just calling this uh, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury which leads me leads me to believe that the like base game 
is not going to have a lot of extra bells and whistles. Yeah, th- um, that's a good point. It doesn't have the deluxe branding that we saw with yeah. like uh, New Super Mario Brothers uh, Wii U or, or New Super Mario Brothers U or like uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze or anything like that. Yeah, which did that have a deluxe branding on it? I don't remember. Let's not fact check that. I'll check. Let's I'll check. Not, but uh, Pikmin 3 is definitely Pikmin 3 Deluxe. Uh, Mario Kart 8 is definitely Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. There's precedent for this. We're not insane. Um, but yeah, so uh, it's uh, I I absolutely adore uh, Super Mario 3D World. Um, and, you know, I relish the opportunity or the excuse to play it again. Um, and absolutely will, regardless of what other features are added to it. Um, but I am now tempering my expectations, uh, and I expect that the base game will be relatively untouched, um, with the exception that I think there is going to, uh, that there is online multiplayer, right? I think that is the case. Yeah, and uh, okay. you were correct that uh, Tropical Freeze did not have the deluxe branding on Switch. So I yes. wonder, do you think... Yes! I mean, again, we might already know this, but since we're here right now, I w- want to mm-hmm. talk about it. Do you think that Bowser's Fury is going to be the same gameplay and or do you think it's going to be like like what we saw with like Bowser's minions um when they did the remakes of uh the Mario, the Mario and Luigi, Luigi games games like will it be like a different type of game I mean it can be a different type of game if that's like I I'm not going to immediately poo poo that uh even though I guess you know, I'm I'm giving away that I do think that's a little bit of a bummer, um, just because I find the gameplay of Super Mario 3D World to be, you know, just about exactly what I want out of a video game. Um, but the uh, Bowser's Minions and um, whatever the other one was called uh, uh, are both they're they they definitely are different gameplay from the Mario and Luigi games, but they're not so different. Like it's going from a uh, an RPG, a turn-based RPG to like a little bit more of a tactical, um, like picking your party, but not actually like fighting with them once you're in the, so like, it's, it's like a lateral move. It's a little bit different, but the genre is still sort of the same. Um, if they do something like that here, where it's like a bunch of 2D, uh, Mario levels or so- something like that, like I, that it's still like platforming and exploring and stuff. Like I'd, I'd be on board for that, but like, I don't know. I'm, I'm super excited for whatever this is um and like i said i'll play this game no matter what uh where 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 where's your excitement level on it yeah i'm really excited like i've only played 3d world at your house you know uh a little bit and so to be able to like really dig into it i'm very excited for and i'm very jealous of listeners who are living in the future and already know the answers to I know. all these questions maybe <sighs> or maybe it's just a 2 minute long tease and there are no answers um it well, is well can we talk Bowser's can, Fury can is we, unknowable. Can we talk about this? Uh, why, why didn't why didn't they just drop this trailer? <laughs> I don't know. I, I I will admit, like I it, I think it's a, a mercy of them, um, given that we record these shows <laughs> true, uh, true. on Monday night that they gave us a heads up because normally like this news, like this next news item we're going to talk about, just like happens late Monday night or early Tuesday morning after we've recorded. So the fact that they like gave a heads up, like hours before that it was coming tuesday morning like was such a sweet sweet blessing 
See, I get that for like a direct or a presentation of any kind, but this is a two-minute trailer. They're giving <laughs> us know. 14 hours of heads up at the end of the day. After, Clear your like, schedule. <laughs> after East Coast outlets have already like closed for business for the, like, it's weird. It's weird. May- yeah, maybe, maybe some at the end of the two-minute trailer, there's like something else um, that they want yeah. us to know about. But again, a full Nintendo Direct. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um. Okay, so moving on to actual news that we can talk about, and we don't have to speculate as much, but of course, we will always speculate. Nintendo has announced they're acquiring Vancouver, Canada-based Next Level Games, which you might know as the developers of Luigi's Mansion 3, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, Metroid Prime Federation Force, the Super Mario Striker games, and like Punch-Out for Wii, which I think is a like makes a ton of sense and is a really good get. Yeah, um, it is one of those things that I uh, didn't realize wasn't already true. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think I assume that uh, Nintendo's frequent development partners uh, are owned by them. Like, I, do, do they own Intelligent Systems? No, do I that? don't think they do. Um, well, so, but, the, like, you only see Intelligent System games on, uh, uh, on Nintendo platforms. Just like... Uh, you know, HAL uh, Laboratories, they, they recently uh, had the um, uh, part-time UFO game that was on uh, mobile. Um, but other than that, all of their games just go straight to um, Nintendo platforms. So, like, it, it's, it's interesting that, like, they saw that something needed to change um, to uh, m- sort of in- ensure their partnership in, like, a more, like, formal kind of way. Yeah, that's that's interesting because I know that like um well I so one thing that came out around this was that it was saying that like the board of directors for um at Next Level Games were like ready to sell and so I wonder if like at that point Nintendo was like well we want to under new if if you were bought by somebody else maybe you wouldn't be a second party for us maybe you would sure. go back to developing like for different platforms or however it would work but like obviously they are close and comfortable partners. So maybe that was the opportunity to be like, well, let's just acquire you to make sure that we can continue this relationship. Um, is it, uh, look, this is the question that obviously we're all thinking. Um, is this because uh, when Nintendo is going to try to release the Metroid Prime collection, including <laughs> all six Metroid Prime games, that they still needed to have access to the developers of Metroid Prime Federation Force? I do. I think you need the uh, Federation Force Wizards if you're going to try to do the Metroid prime collection yeah you need it i mean and look retro they retro developed all five of the other ones right (laughs) it's just this one that retro didn't develop i actually don't i have no idea who developed pinball or um i uh the hunters um i'll look it up Well, while you're doing that, I will update us on a news piece from last week where we discussed uh, how DSiWare titles on the U.S. Nintendo 3DS eShop were deactivated. Um, Mm -hmm. In the past few days, most, but not all of those DSiWare titles that were deactivated are once again available available for purchase on the 3DS. Uh, Of course, we still have, like, no idea why they were deactivated in the first place why they were reactivated or if we can expect like the remaining deactivated titles to be restored someday or like they're lost forever. Nintendo's giving us nothing. They are saying nothing. Uh, that's weird. I, that must've just been like an accident, right? 
Yeah, maybe. Maybe they were like switching servers or something, and it it someone at Nintendo HQ was just flipping switches. <laughs> there were there was one that had green tape on it that just handwritten said DSiWare on it. Yeah. Although it I guess I guess that gives us an opportunity if we wanted to do an episode in the future on some of these DSiWare titles. Uh, now we have no excuse again. Ah, dang it. <laughs> um, <laughs> So it turns out I'm I'm wrong. Uh, the other Metroid Prime games are not developed by. Uh, well, so Metroid Prime two and three, one, two, and three are all uh, developed by Retro. Um, but Metroid Prime Hunters is developed by Nintendo Software Technology, um, which is the uh, Redmond-based uh, Nintendo uh, first-party um, studio. Project and Hammer then, developers. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, and then uh, the Metroid Prime Pinball is developed by uh, Silverball uh studios so um uh, which makes sense because that sounds like the name of a pinball developer doesn't it it does yeah but i still think your point stands that you still need um next level yeah. games in the fold in order to make that happen i mean and also like we moved off it for the uh purposes of that joke and uh figuring out who developed the rest of those games but like it's it's an impressive lineup of games that next level has has worked on right like they uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 was, a, you know, a, a, a great title to come out at the end of uh, 2019 um, and is just like they these are this is a developer that knows how to um, get a lot out of Nintendo hardware and look as pretty as, you know, like any anything else on um, competing platforms. Yeah, totally. I mean, I was looking it up like they had worked on Nintendo projects like this uh, Super Mario Strikers games and uh, Punch-Out! Wii like before you know, like earlier in the um, early aughts. And in between that, they were also releasing like uh, like licensed games or other games on uh, multi-platforms. But Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, which released in 2013, since then they've exclusively made Nintendo titles. And so, you know, they've, even if you're counting just when the game was released, it's been seven years since they've released anything on um, a platform that isn't Nintendo. And so, yeah. yeah, like at that point, like you're close to a decade working together uh, and clearly like the fruits of that relationship are really strong. So it makes sense to uh, just keep that going. And not for nothing, but these guys develop a lot of games that are uh, like a return to franchises that have uh, been dark for a while. Um, like, you know, you mentioned um, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. Um, it had been, you know, like a decade since the previous Luigi's Mansion. Uh, Metroid Prime Federation Force, well, Maligned, you know, was a new Metroid Prime game well after the last uh, uh, mainline Metroid Prime. Punch-Out on the Wii, you know, that's like 10 years after Super Punch-Out. So, like, you know, if if you're carrying water for any old forgotten Nintendo franchises, F-Zero, um, like, you know, that's these may be the guys to do it. Um, so it's it's exciting that they're, uh, you know, a, a, a mainstay in the Nintendo staple. Yeah, and I have no idea how big they are now, but maybe we'll see like uh like retro mm-hmm. where they just grow bigger once they're acquired working on yep. more projects. Nintendo's partner in mainland China, Tencent, announced that the Switch has shipped 1 million units in China since its launch in December 2019. According to consultant firm Nico Partners, uh that is bigger than Sony and Xbox's combined sales over the same period. Interesting. Uh what do you what do you think accounts for that? Uh, well, so according to uh, the Reuters article, they were saying that like Ring Fit Adventures popularity during the pan- pandemic like really helped spur sales. That before that, it was kind of the Switch's rollout was kind of hampered by 
the limited number of games. Like when the Switch was released in China, there were only, I think, like two games that were officially licensed um, by the Chinese government for sale. But uh, Ring Fit Adventure, just like it has everywhere else, has just like exploded in popularity. And I think that's really helped it along. One thing that's not clear to me is like, is when they talk about like combined Xbox and PlayStation sales, is if that's only like official sales, like through official channels, or if there's oh, if it's like counting like gray market sales. Um, but either way, it's it's interesting to see like the success that uh, they've had, especially with like Ring Fit Adventure. Man, Ring Fit Adventure, what a it still feels like an unlikely success story to me. Totally. I mean, I mean, maybe we should just never count out the you know Nintendo um, fitness peripheral uh, that we initially scoff at. Like seriously, that balance board was a huge uh, uh, hit for them on uh, the Wii with Wii Fit, um, and that the you know Ring Con um, is such a simple uh, like but clunky piece of technology um, that just like works. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's very strange. I think it's totally like. Um it's absolutely word of mouth right i mean you and i both Mm -hmm. picked it up i feel like after we picked it up way after release because when the initial release video came out for wing adventure like that thing was weird and i think did a really poor job of selling the game um but like the people in it were unnerving like it was very strange oh yes i remember this intense uh, staring right at the camera and telling us about things very cheerily (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i think it's just been like strong word of mouth for sure. If you visited the Switch eShop over the past few years, uh, you probably noticed that at times the best-selling charts would feature games being sold for like ridiculously low prices, like one cent. Um, and because of that, because the best-selling charts update on a rolling two-week basis, developers, what they would do is they would use the bargain basement price to get their game to shoot up the best-selling charts. And then when the like sale was over with, the game would go back to being full price and i think the like business what they were hoping and what would happen is that people would be like oh here's this game that i haven't heard of but it's like the number two bestseller so maybe i should just like check it out it's only 10 bucks or whatever like i don't know if you remember seeing like space bears on there you know those types of games like all the time yeah i you, you you see you see those those kinds of games up there from from time to time for sure so according to reports from Game Discover Co. and then also a report from developers on Reddit, Nintendo of America has been making adjustments to the eShop rules over the past couple of months to prevent that sort of thing from happening. Mm. So at some point, what they did is they limited games that cost one cent from showing up on the best-selling charts. Like if your game was priced at one cent, you Two were cents. excluded. <laughs> yes. And then more recently, in the past few weeks, it sounds like what they did is they changed the rules in the eShop so games can no longer be priced lower than $1.99, um, excluding like free-to-play titles, you know, like uh, Rocket League or something oh, like interesting. that. interesting. Uh, yeah, and I guess, I guess that sort of makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's, just a, that's just a weird little uh, feature. I wonder how they land on $2, like... Why is that an acceptable uh, threshold, um, but one penny isn't? Yeah, I, I, I don't know either. I Actually, I think the Apple uh, App Store, uh, if you're selling something, I, like, well, no, that can't be true either. I have no idea. I have no idea. 
<laughs> I mean, I guess I sort of get where like Nintendo doesn't want to process your credit card for a penny. Um, <laughs> they're losing money on that deal for sure. Um, so I guess, I guess I can understand that. Yeah, I guess processing credit cards for like a charge of a penny is like um, in the in old cartoons when they would be cutting like a single bean into multiple pieces. That's that's like the <laughs> except there's like a, a base price for processing any credit card. <laughs> uh, so like if it's like two cents, Nintendo's losing money every time <laughs> they sell a copy of that one cent game. Huh. Uh, also, eShop related. Um, Nintendo has removed the My Nintendo Wii U and 3DS software discounts that you used to be able to get in exchange for platinum coins. Um, so no longer can you exchange My Nintendo platinum coins for software discounts on Wii U or 3DS software. But um, you still can get the uh, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess Picross, Flip Note Studio 3D, and some themes for your 3DS using platinum coins. Of course, who knows how long that'll last. But yeah. And I, I really can't express this enough. The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess uh, Picross is great. Um, go and pick it up if you have a, a 3DS. Because um, you definitely have platinum points, um, and I, I forget how many it is, but it is not. It's, an a, it's a thousand. Amount. It's a thousand. So you you can you can farm that by you know just like playing some you know mini games on Nintendo game websites and uh, co- collecting that pretty quick. Yeah, it's just interesting to you know like I sl- uh, slowly just see all these like vestiges of the Wii U and like 3DS era just kind of be like stripped away. Yeah, it's Blue- time, man. It's time. We're moving on. Bloomberg recently published an oral history of the original Xbox. I don't know if did you, did you have an opportunity to read this, Patrick? It was really entertaining. Uh, I, I I read parts of it. Uh, in the feature, it was revealed that Nintendo or that Microsoft pitched Nintendo on an acquisition at some point. Uh, the pitch basically was like, "Hey, Nintendo, you're really great at software, but your uh, hardware is terrible. So let us acquire you, and you could make games, and you'll show up on Xbox." Um, Kevin. Bacchus, the former director of third-party relations at Microsoft, says in the article, quote, Steve, uh, who, Steve Ballmer, former Microsoft CEO, made us go meet with Nintendo to see if they would consider being acquired. They just laughed their asses off. Like, imagine an hour of somebody just laughing at you. That was kind of how that meeting went. Wow, rough. <laughs> <laughs> and this was, so this had to have been like, in the late 90s or very yeah like the late 90s so this was in the um uh nintendo 64 era well wait so before xbox was a thing yeah because they were there they were doing it in the run-up to like when they were like looking at like when microsoft was like looking at acquiring different like companies to help bolster like the xbox library um that's funny uh and also like Sort of strange because that's not when like Nintendo was striking from a place of uh like technological superiority, um like maybe market superiority, but like losing that ground pretty quick to the original PlayStation, right? Yeah. Um so yeah, it's uh like I wonder if they'd approach them three years later, like you know, it, it like during the GameCube and while like being trounced by the PlayStation 2, if like that would have changed anything um or what it it does it does seem like there would have been uh like an ideal time to like try to buy nintendo um where they may have been receptive to it or maybe not maybe they're just proud and they know that they're yeah i i I have a hard time believing that like nintendo would 
has would have ever like even at its lowest point have been willing to be acquired by um like Microsoft. Yeah. That is so I mean obviously we uh we are Nintendo fans. We like uh the 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 things that Nintendo does usually, not all the time I guess. Um but like can you imagine that like alternate history where um like Nintendo is making HD games much earlier where they have like um you know great online support for like all of their games um like can can you if like right now we were playing uh nintendo game pass and like you know the new the new zelda game the the new breath of the wild game was just going to be free because you already paid for like a subscription like that that would have been kind of cool well it's it's interesting to think about because um like whether it is true or not i kind of think of you know nintendo as this like precious like almost like flower that you need to like protect in order for it to be in like in order to do its thing like it kind of needs to just be left alone and you know like will work out its problems you know like historically they've been able to do that and um you know like i it's just difficult to imagine like a a huge company like microsoft we have seen acquire a lot of studios and then close those studios like go through so many um like could you imagine i i'm forgetting the name of the guy uh who was leading xbox around the time of the xbox one that he was the one that like shigeru miyamoto was answering to like it just doesn't make sense like nintendo it's hard to imagine that nintendo would be nintendo and that they'd be able to keep like what made them special if they were operating under some like giant corporation yeah, and I think like Nintendo's failures also like end up informing what they are later anyway. So like um I mean you're you're right in that like it's it's something that needs to be protected, but also just something that needs to like you just need to let Nintendo run its course and there will be, you know, long dark periods where you don't get new games from them. There'll be periods where they put out games that don't seem to make sense. Um and you know, there'll be like a labo, which is neat, but you're like, what is this? And then Ring Fit Adventure comes out and you're like, what is this going to be? And then it comes out and it's awesome. You know, like there's sort of no predicting them and there's sort of no charting them. They just need to do what they do. And then, uh, you know, we can experience what of it is good uh, and ignore what of it isn't good. That's right. You know, like the Nintendo GameCube might have been a sales disappointment, but don't forget what they told us in the Switch reveal back in January 2017, that the handle... On the GameCube <laughs> is what informed the portability yeah. of the Switch. Let us never forget. Well, and I mean, come on, the GameCube gave us Super Mario Sunshine, sure. Uh, Zelda, uh, Wind Waker, Resident Evil 4. Like, there's not a better game lineup than those three <laughs> games right there. Finally, um, a reminder that this weekend is Splatoon 2's special global Splatfest to celebrate Super Mario Brothers' 35th anniversary. The matchup is Super Mushroom versus Superstar. And the Splatfest runs um, Friday, January 15th from 2 p.m. Pacific time through Sunday, January 17th at 2 p.m. Pacific time. And uh, yeah, like it's just another opportunity to jump into Splatoon 2 for an original Splatfest, which we haven't had for a long while now. So it is another original Splatfest, but it is a global Splatfest which means there are some serious players from around the world who will be playing the game. It's uh, like yeah, a normal Splatfest, uh, like a you know North American Splatfest, 
um, brings a lot of people back to the game. Um, and it's not always like the the best. Like you can, I, I usually find them easier to play in than just like vanilla um, Splatoon two. But a global Splatfest, I, I'll admit, I'm a little worried about. Well, if you think you can hack it, this Splatfest mm. actually has the chance of a physical reward, which I think is a first. So if, if you go to mario.nintendo.com forward slash challenge, and then you sign up for the Splatoon 2 Splatfest, like, My Nintendo mission, if you're in the top 35 players on each Splatfest team, you could win a Super Mario Brothers 35th anniversary coin. So if you're feeling really chuffed about your uh, Splat Splatoon 2 abilities, oh um, boy. this might be your opportunity. Top 35? I know. It's it's an impossible dream for you me. Like so I'm not good. even going to bother. <laughs> yeah. Um, do I, you know, I think when this was originally announced, or at least when the day was originally announced, you and I both settled on whether we were Team Super Mushroom or Team Superstar, but I can't remember what we said, so I feel like we should just Neither do it do over. All right, yeah, let's do it over, because I, I don't remember. I, I, right now, I was looking at the options, and I was like, oh, I obviously said... And then I couldn't finish the sentence. <laughs> I think I said superstar previously. I think I said superstar previously, and I thought we were on opposite sides. <laughs> well, okay. Well, now I'm, I'm, uh, I've decided on super mushroom is, I think, where I stand at this moment. Subject to change. Um, so uh, the, the super mushroom is certainly a more iconic, certainly a more recognizably Mario thing um, than the superstar, but only by like a little bit, right? Um, I think it is possible that we were discussing what the actual physical, what it would be like to have the power mm, mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. the super mushroom or the uh, superstar. And I said, go with the superstar because you could be invincible. That's, you know, it doesn't change your physiology in any way. You just won't die. Um, whereas if you get the super mushroom, like, do you want to be 12 feet tall? Is that what you want? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a that's a fair point. I hadn't really thought about the uh ramifications. I wouldn't be able to ride roller coasters anymore. Uh, it, I guess that's true. Is there a you must be at least this tall, but no taller than this? I mean, or I think, do you it's think just, they would just make that call at the gate. I think that's it's just attendant. impractical at that point. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Don't become twelve feet tall, Mark. Let's get out of the news. Uh, that reminds me, Mark, of course, of uh, the episode of Made Up Murder that we recorded, Ryan Mogi's podcast, where you played uh, someone who uh, just pretended they were huge by wearing lots of clothes or tiny clothes. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> I think it's just by uh, lots of clothes. And it's just, I guess it's just my like un- subconscious ultimate desire to be huge. <laughs> uh, check out season three of Made Up Murder. It was super fun that's gonna do it for this episode of nintendo cartridge society remember please rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts if you like this episode you can share it on facebook or twitter or wherever you share stuff that helps us a lot when you do it uh follow us on twitter i'm at patrick underscore ellers mark is at mke mitchell and the show is at nincart society we also have a facebook page which is just nintendo cartridge society olivia duncan made our logo our theme music is provided by ape you can get more of his music by going to ape or by listening right now For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers offering to buy Nintendo for one penny and saying thank you for listening.
name is Will Himes, and I am a ghostwriter, meaning I write other people's books for them. And I have a podcast called I Will Write Your Book, which are recordings of my meetings with my eccentric clients, such as a woman blocked after one sentence of a children's book about her dogs, a romance novelist who dislikes sex, and a man proud of having sampled everything in his local grocery store. This podcast has been described as fully improvised, played by some of the best comedians on the planet Earth. Hey, that's pretty good. That's I Will Write Your Book on Campfire Media. Campfire.